Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Hello, Smart. Hello. Hello, Mark. Hey, Mark. Are you still there? Yes, I okay. am. Okay. The Internet is back on. I've got you. We've missed 10 minutes, but I'm going to go ahead and start this thing, if you don't mind. Okay. Hold on just a minute. All right. Uh, yeah, I was taking – let me – okay, I got – okay. Yeah, I can do it. If you're ready to go. All right. So we're actually live at the moment, um, and what I'm going to do is go back and clean up the clips and whatnot. And so um, here we go. Um, nothing right. like uh, the Internet to keep us going on a, on a Wednesday. So welcome to this episode of Connect. I'm Michael Rich, the Web and Communications Manager for the Western North Carolina Conference. And today's guest is the Reverend Dr. Mark King. He's the new conference treasurer for the Western North Carolina Conference, and he began working with us in mid-July. And he's giving us some time this morning to us. So uh, welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you. Glad to be with you, Michael. And I'm real sorry about the snafu. There was nothing that I could do. It just went off all through Lake Junaluska and then came back on about five minutes later. So if anybody's listening live, well, uh, you've gotten about five minutes of nothing. So, um, <laughs> Well, they so may say that at the end of the show when they hear all well, I have to say. They say that on a lot of my shows, Mark, and it has nothing to do with my guests. So um, <laughs> let's just go into some questions, and, um, and and then we'll move from there. So um, sure, want the people uh, out there listening to know a little bit about you. Uh, give us a little background. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? Those kinds of things. Okay. Well, I was born in Charlotte. Uh, I was born about two months before the tragic Kennedy assassination hmm. and grew up pretty much uh, in Charlotte area and Huntersville for a while and then up on the Lake Norman area. Um, went to high school in Troutman or Barium Springs at South Iredell. And I, uh, um, you know, coming back to Charlotte, it's been a great treat for me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here uh, and, and look forward to many more years being back in my hometown. Okay. So, um Based on what I know from the conference database, you must have started out as a Baptist. Um, I did. Because I did. You actually uh, went to school at Southern Baptist Seminary. And so tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about how that all uh, came about. You started out as a Baptist in the Charlotte area and then became a Methodist. All right. Well, my, my mom and dad were staunch Baptists. I uh, was raised in a Baptist church uh, all through my childhood and adolescence. They actually helped start a Baptist mission here in Charlotte. And then when we moved up to uh, Lake Norman, when I was in uh, middle school, I started going back to my mom's home church that she grew up in. Okay. And um, 
as a teenager, I became very active in the church, um, really started feeling that tug on my heart that uh, uh, ministry and church work was something that uh, I should be doing or would be doing. Uh, it was either that or I wanted to go to the Naval Academy and uh, joined the Navy as an officer and would serve in the sub submarine corps. That was my one dream on that side. But I think I came out uh, well on the other end going into ministry. <laughs> um, okay. When I uh, uh, came, was feeling called into the ministry, 15, 16 years old. So in the Baptist world, you were basically called to two areas or, or two well-known areas, that to be a pastor, that to be a foreign missionary. And I really knew foreign missions was not for me, so I went down the pastoral track. But when I got to Gardner-Webb College, now university, and it certainly went on to seminary, the classes that really appealed to me and drew me were administrative classes or teaching classes, more so than the pastoral classes. So in both those degrees, I focused primarily in the area of administration. But anyway, I was ordained uh, as a Baptist pastor on January 13, 1985. So I've got okay. about 31 years since that first ordination. And I served two Baptist churches in North Carolina. Uh, but in the second one, I just started having some real struggles with a cornerstone of Baptist theology, which is the autonomy of the local church. Each, mm -hmm. each congregation is completely independent. And I just I had some real biblical issues with that, some deep soul-searching theological issues, and uh, was becoming. And that wasn't the only driver, but that was a major one. And 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 I was feeling some some real sense of unfulfillment in that world. And so I decided to take a break. I was going to go back to school and study accounting because I always loved working with numbers. And lo and behold, a United Methodist Church here in Charlotte was looking for a church business administrator. I applied to that thinking it might be a nice bridge between the world of pastoring full-time and then going into accounting. And discovered United Methodism in a way I would never uh, knew before and just fell in love with it. Um, I started reading everything I could on John Wesley. And I actually started reading at that time would have been the 96th Book of Discipline. And uh, I, I really actually sat down and, and over a period of time read that thing from cover to cover. It's kind of wow. like muddling through Leviticus and some of those books in the Bible. But I did it. I did it. Bedtime reading for you. <laughs> uh, but it made so much sense to me. And I tell people a lot of times I'm a Christian because of Jesus Christ but I'm a Methodist because of John Wesley and the discipline. Those both really spoke to me, particularly the emphasis on, on social justice and personal piety. That just hmm. never saw it really encapsulated like Wesley was able to do and the way I feel the, the Methodist theology does. So hmm. uh, at St. Stephen, I talked to, at the time, Bishop Cameron and uh, Earl Wilson, who was the Charlotte District Superintendent at the time, and began the process of moving into United Methodist um, clergy. I, I, because I was baptized and ordained by a local church, uh, Methodist polity required that I do go through the uh, probationary or the provisional period. So I did do that and then was ordained, uh, I guess, the second time, maybe the, the one that really took, uh, in 2003 as, a, as an elder. Okay. Yeah, but, so you know, I was saying, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, I was, 
Yeah, I can't see you, so pro- we're all over each other. But in 85, um, the process in, in United Methodism would have been, you would have been ordained a deacon. I was back then. And then exactly. later on, and I can't remember the exact year that we moved to provisional where you weren't ordained, but uh, you were uh, laid hands on at the uh, annual conference. But later in the 2000s, yeah, you would be been ordained elder, and that was the full the full take. So full connection. You're yeah. exactly right. I, in fact, I think I think it was in uh, about that time that I was coming through that the uh, order of the deacon became a permanent order. And so the provision status came about, and I was probably one of the earlier ones going through that, as it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I often tell people I uh, I never ran away from Baptists as much as I feel like I simply came home to the Methodists, and it it just feels so right for me, and I'm uh, so thrilled to be a part of this this connection. Very cool. So. Um... Later on, you went to a centenary United Methodist in Winston-Salem, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a very large church in our conference, and you were working with Michael Brown there. And um, Exactly. So that sort of segues into how you ended up in, in New York City for those few <laughs> years. Yes, yes. Well, uh, Michael and, and I uh, worked very well together, and when he was called to the Marble Collegiate Church in Manhattan in 2009. Uh, We had even talked about then uh, a way that perhaps we could get back together. And, um, you know, it it was meant for me, I think, to stay at Centenary and and, uh, had a wonderful ministry there. Love those people still today. Um, I loved all my, my three United Methodist appointments that I have here in Western North Carolina. Uh, but it did finally uh, came a good time for me to join Michael at the church in 2013. And I okay. highly recommend a New York City adventure to anyone, but probably about three or four years. Uh, it's, it's a whole different lifestyle, Michael. Uh, a whole different way of living. It's exciting. It's got a lot of thrills to it. It also has a lot of challenges. Uh, but I'm 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 so glad and feel so blessed to have been a part of that great church and that experience like I was. That's Um, great. Well, let's take a break now, and then we'll come back, and we're going to talk more about the role of treasure that you're in now. So um, here's a word from the United Methodist uh, uh, Western North Carolina Conference. Hi, I'm Liz Bichelle, video coordinator for the Western North Carolina Conference. While my responsibilities include coordinating videos and recording audio, other members of the systems and communications team work with databases and computers. Other departments at the conference deal with finances, and others help build vital churches and assist in clergy. While each one of us at the conference staff have differing gifts and skills, we all work together for one mission, to follow Jesus, make disciples, and transform the world. The United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina is a ministry of the church for the church whose mission is to build the church for generations to come. We fulfill this vision by investing in people as well as helping churches and related institutions invest the financial resources that God has given to them. My name is David Snipes, and we look forward to the day when you give your United Methodist Foundation a call. 
And you can find out more about the United Methodist Foundation in Western North Carolina at the sponsor page on our show's website, which is umconnect.info. And so we're back uh, uh, with Mark King, and he is now the treasurer of the Western North Carolina Conference, less than two months on the job. Uh, tell us about the transition. What, what's it like uh, to go from busy New York City to Charlotte, North Carolina? Well, you know, uh, Michael, Charlotte, being a thriving city like it is, the, the biggest difference, I think, I have to say, right, I don't get on a subway every day. I get in a car and drive now. Uh, right. Both have their their pleasures and both have their challenges and traffic and all. But oh, I, uh, I, I really, uh, first of all, just have to say how fortunate I feel to be in this role, be in this position is one that I have aspired for a long time because I, I've always worked in my ministry behind the scenes. If if you take the ship analogy, uh, instead of being the captain, I like being the engineer. I like being down helping make the thing go versus having to always be the one, so, so to speak, driving it. Mm. And so the conference treasurer's position for me is a ministry of resourcing for the conference, uh, for the churches, for the districts, and how we take those valuable resources that have been entrusted to us and enable ministry to happen uh, all across the conference and even beyond our borders. And that's something very, very important to me. Uh, I, I come to this role as a ministry, not as a, an accountant, not as a bottom line business kind of thing. I come at it as a ministry, hoping that I can bring best practices between ministry and, uh, and the business world together to, to help things. So one of the things that, you know, I have to say, this this is an overwhelming responsibility. And each day is completely different than the day before. Uh, I don't always know what to expect. And lo and behold, I'm usually surprised. <laughs> but I, so I, I what, do like the – go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, um, what what do you see as the biggest challenges? I You know, I don't know what the budget was at Marble Collegiate Church, but I'm sure that um, it's different to have a large budget in one congregation than to have a large budget dealing with 1,100 uh, churches and almost 300,000 United Methodists. It's uh, oh, a different exactly. kind of scale. Exactly. It's, it's you know, numbers and the way you uh, do the systems is very similar, but this is a very unique system in the way that apportionments are received from the churches. Um, versus giving from the congregation to support a budget. So the way the, the, the accounting is laid out is, is, is very unique, and it's certainly a, a learning curve to just get in and, and really understand how all the processes work. But that's happening. It's, 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 it makes a lot of sense, and I give so much credit both to my predecessors in, in this position but also the great staff we have here at Treasury Services. Um, mm. You know, the, other, the major piece that the treasurer's job has, of course, has to do with the benefits for the clergy. Right. Uh, that's, that's half of our budget or half of our income, I should say. Uh, mm. And so I take that very seriously, that we're managing that well, that we're doing the best that we can for, for those who have given their life to God's call. And that, that is an overwhelming responsibility that I do feel and I do take. So that's that's probably one of the the major challenges. But again, we got great people, great resources, a solid history. Uh, we'll go forward. We'll go forward. 
All right. Well, you've been here a couple of months. I'm sure you know there's been a lot of learning going on. But what what do you see as plans for your office for your role as treasurer in the upcoming months? Well, first and foremost is I I uh, I really want to be responsive to the needs of the churches and to the needs of of um, our people. Um, my door is an open door. I want to be out in the conference, I'm planning even now for this fall to travel each of the eight districts. I want people to know they can call upon us, call upon me. If we don't have the answer to questions, which in all likelihood, some many times we won't, we're going to endeavor to find it or to direct them to a resource that, that can help them. Uh, that's very. That's just so important to me for being a, a resource manager or resource ministry is to be available to the people. Um, I do want to continue to offer more electronic offerings for our people. Uh, we're working at improvements to the website and to portals that people can use to get information from us. Uh, we're hoping to expand our ability to receive uh, revenue through online electronic uh, systems, and so that's Excellent. that's another priority. And something that's that's uh, I know uh, previous treasurers, I know uh, Bill Wyman and Jennifer Burton both wanted to do that. I I have on my list is what we're calling the Certified Treasurers Program, where we can do some intensive training of our local church treasurers and help them in that tremendous challenge they have, responsibility they have, in a a world, Michael, that is so complex financially, even for even for any church of any size anymore. Oh, so that's sure. something that's that's certainly on my uh, on my radar that I want to do as well. So those Excellent. are a few things I've got in mind. Yeah. Well, um, let me know when you finish them next week. <laughs> yeah. Really. Please. How about? Would you give me two weeks? Give me two weeks. Okay. Two. Well. Um, <laughs> One of the things that uh, you know I've seen about you, and uh, you and I have some commonalities. I'm fascinated by numbers. I'm fascinated by uh, all of the stuff behind the scenes. Um, it's one of the reasons that I do what I do, because um, it's very, even though uh, websites and all don't seem to be number-oriented, they are. Um, oh, they are, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. What is it that you enjoy about working with numbers and budgets and administration? What, what, what is that thing that gives your uh, a heart a lift by sitting down with a budget in front of you? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, my initial response is I always say, you know, in a in a world where people are very complex and do do different things based on their personality and all that, you know, numbers will always be numbers. Two plus two will always equal four. And so when you're at that point where you just really want to make something happen or see a result, you can get in there and work in numbers and somehow it's got to flow. But beyond that, again, numbers represent information. Uh, and we live in an information society, and people need information to make decisions, easy ones as well as very difficult ones. Mm-hmm. And I think numbers give us a way to show trends, go show us where assets and resources are available, or how it's being, how it's going out, and uh, helps helps in that decision making process from the bishop all the way down to uh, uh, you know anyone. In, in the pews, and that that's important to me. Um, and and it, it it just it it's just about 
allocating, managing the resources and numbers help us do that, I think. Okay. Well, we got started a little late, but uh, you know we're coming down to the end of the show at 11.30. We're going to keep going a few minutes, and, and it will record with us. But uh, what I did want to do is give you the last word. Here's an opportunity for you to tell anybody listening out there what you want them to know about you and your ministry uh, at the Western North Carolina Conference office. Tell us uh, your last word. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Well, I, I, I want to leave with this impression that the Treasury Services Office here at the conference is is embracing a servant ministry approach in that we are here for the people. And I I want to make those connections, and I want to be known, and I want to know people, because even if we deal with numbers, and, and as important as they are, it's never about the bottom line, whether we're, uh, you know, making a profit or whether we're, we're trying to, to juggle it otherwise. It's about how people are impacted by the work that we do. And that's the way I will always look at any information, any numbers, any budgets, any administration that we do, that is how it's impacting people and certainly reaching people for Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a ministry, and that's very, very important to me. And so it also involves sometimes making some tough decisions, and I ask that people bear with us on that. We we have a very complex job because, as you said, we have uh, almost 300,000 people that we're ministering to within the bounds of our conference and then certainly uh, in our global uh, outreach beyond that. Um, one of my predecessors passed away this weekend, the Reverend Bob Combs. Uh, mm-hmm. He was treasurer uh, before Bill Wyman. And I was uh, went to his funeral on Monday, and I was speaking to his his widow, his wife, and she was telling me how uh, sometimes he knew that he had to uh, uh, make decisions that would impact friends, not always in the most positive sense, but he still had to make those decisions. He still had a job to do, mm-hmm. and I, I resonate with that. That sometimes we we may not always be where everybody wants us to be, and there may be disagreements. But ultimately, ultimately, we live in a complex world, and we've been entrusted with some fantastic resources, a tremendous legacy in this conference. And I just hope we can work together to get the best uh, mission achievement possible. Uh, may not be to everyone's agreement or concurrence, but always understand, I hope people will always uh, give us the benefit that we are trying to do the best we can. So how's that for a final word? That is a great final word, and it's something that folks need to know that, you know, that that basically our whole mission as conference staff is that we're trying to do the best we can with what we have, and ministry go. is what we're about, following exactly. Jesus, making disciples, transforming the world. Transforming that world, exactly. And uh, people can count that, uh, at least under uh, – uh, my time that that's that's first and foremost in my mission and my ministry here as the conference treasurer all right well thanks for giving your time today mark and i'm sorry about what happened right at the beginning of of 11 o'clock when we lost all service but uh we recovered somehow or another and we're going to try and clean it up today well most sermons i do are probably uh, less than the time that we had so i'm right at home in this michaels <laughs> i appreciate your diligence in trying to keep it together and enjoyed talking with you today 
All right. And thanks, everyone, for listening to us on Blog Talk Radio. The show will be available shortly as a podcast at the Blog Talk Radio page and on the show's website and on iTunes. And keep up with the latest at umconnect.info. We'll be back next week connecting United Methodists and their stories. Thanks to our sponsors, the Western North Carolina Conference and the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina. You can find out more about them on the sponsors section of the website, umconnect.info. I'm Michael Rich, and you've been listening to Connect.